Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and with the upcoming holidays, Many of us may find ourselves being around people who are challenging to communicate with, and some of us may be the ones who are difficult to communicate with. So our topic today is having speech that is seasoned with grace. And as I pondered this particular topic, an area that came to my mind is when I have messed up and someone has overlooked it or didn't mention it or feel that need to have to correct me on the spot. Have you ever had a person like that in your life? Or maybe you are that person in someone else's life. That's a sweet blessing because the reality is, especially now as adults, we all know and we've messed up. I usually don't need someone to tell me, right? No one has to tell me that I need to lock the door before I leave the house or shut the garage door or turn off the oven when I'm done using it or whatever multitude of other things that I forget to do or maybe I don't say correctly or I overlook or I forget or I plano just mess up. I've learned now after 34 years of marriage or at least most days I've learned, I am still a work in progress here, not to point out every error to my husband that he makes because I know that I make the same ones at times or I know where I have my own areas of weakness. If it's something that he's forgotten or messed up and I can just take care of it or fix it, I try to do that without pointing it out to him or even bringing it up at a later time. In that moment, I'm serving him, I'm offering him grace, because I know that I make the same mistakes at times, and it's not pleasant when someone feels the need to point out every single one of them. Okay, now let me deal with the issue of someone pointing them out to me. So it may not be pleasant when somebody points out our errors or corrects us, right? But we still need to take that correction without sinful attitudes of pride or self-righteousness making its appearance. And even in my own life at times, it still does that and more often than I would like it to. But it's an area that the Lord keeps chipping away at, at me and he keeps making me aware of it. So I'm very grateful for that. I do know how utterly thankful I am when someone overlooks an error I've made instead of bringing it up, especially when they know that I've messed up. Because the reality is, I already know that. I know that I messed up. I don't usually need someone to point it out to me. You know, moms, how often can we do this with our kids? I know there's things that we need to teach and correct, but how often do we overdo it and nitpick every little thing that at times our kids can feel that they just can't do anything right? In those moments when we overlook an error or mistake in someone's life, It's an act of offering them grace and kindness in that moment. We know the feeling that we get when someone does that for us. I've shared many times here at the blog and even here on this podcast on kindness. And this year, kindness in our homes was my topic at the Homemaking Ministries online conference because it's an area I 
already have um, just a good knowledge of what a difference it does make in our homes. We are just naturally drawn to people who are kind and respond to us in a kind and gracious way. They are the people who are giving us the benefit of the doubt, and they are guarding and choosing their words carefully. They are not feeling the need to point out every flaw and error in our lives, but to overlook them. These are the people who, before they speak, they think about, do I need to say it? Does it need to be said? How do I say it? When do I say it? Because we, at least I'm saying we, we're, but most of us, I know for me, I'm not normally drawn to people who are mean or critical or continually correcting because it's hurtful, but it's also just downright exhausting to be around them. It's not fun to be around people who make you feel like you can't do anything right. And I am not saying here that we are to avoid correction or speaking hard truths, especially when there's there's sin that needs corrected. I'm not saying that. But it's usually not as necessary as we think it is. Because I'm talking here about about the everyday little issues that we deal with, not some kind of big sin situations. So as coming back to here, as the holiday season is upon us, I know many of us are going to be gathering with family over the next couple months here. And some family members may be really difficult and challenging to be with. And again, as I said, we may be that difficult family member. There's going to be lots of conversations going on, and some of them that may rise emotions a bit. We can be quick to share our opinions and thoughts before we've thought them through. Our opinion seems important to us, but we need to ask ourselves that very powerful, simple sentence, is it necessary? In a little devotional called Joy and Strength by Mary Wilder Tylston, she shares a quote from someone named H. Bowman, and I have no idea who he is, but I just love this quote and I want to share it with you. And it was really was the instigator for this podcast. He said, you feel in some families as if you were living between the glasses of a microscope, manner, accent, expression, all that goes to make up your quote personality, all that you do or leave undone is commented upon and found fault with. And one more from this particular day's devotional from a man named Arthur Helps. What a great last name, Arthur Helps. He says, if you would be loved as a companion, avoid unnecessary criticism upon those with whom you live. End quote there. When I listen to those two particular quotes, the underlying characteristic that comes out to me is the law of kindness. We don't want others or our homes to feel as if others are living under a microscope or under constant criticism. Proverbs 31, 26 reminds us she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. We need to choose our words carefully and scripture lays out some powerful truths on the impact of our words. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 16.24, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Colossians 4.6, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. As we take the time to be prayerful with our word choices, I believe you will find, as I have, not very much needs to be said. I think here of Psalm 141.3, 
great one to meditate on and recite back to ourselves. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Or Proverbs 10.19, and the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. It's a great verse there, Proverbs 10.19. Okay, but what about when there's things that need to be said? How do we respond? A helpful sieve to run our words through is 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. And these are passages that I encourage all of us to memorize and meditate and remind ourselves often of before we speak. I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So mamas, when you need to correct your children, remind yourself that love is not irritable. Or my wife's out there, when you disagree with your husband, you're reminded that love is patient. Pray to respond in a way that honors Christ. Or my church member here, what about when that challenging person in church comes before you again? You're reminded that love bears all things. Pray and ask the Lord how he desires for you to respond to them. And I know for a fact, it's not in a sinful way, whether in your thoughts or in your words or attitudes, but in one that reflects words seasoned with grace. Or what about when that unbelieving relative differs with you on your political view or your religious views? Remember, love does not insist on its own way and it is not irritable or resentful. We can offer our opinion and we can speak truth. We can do it. We can do it in a way, though, that is not rude. These are moments where we are continually to die to self, to live to Christ. It's a continual tearing down of our selfishness and our pride and our self-righteousness and our desires to be heard or to be right and to put on, as it tells us in Ephesians 4, to put on Christ's desires, his desires, and his purposes being worked out in our lives. God uses the interactions of others in our lives to continually mold us into his image. Every interaction has purpose and reveals our hearts and areas where we are still a work in progress. Give thanks to God when you see your impatient and irritability or anger and pray and ask him to help you to change. It is a grace. We don't always think about that, but it is. It is a grace that we see and are made aware of our sin. When I see these sins in myself, it's an opportunity to repent and seek the Lord's help to change me and thank him that he loves me enough to not leave me the way I am, but to change me more and more into his image moment by moment. So as you gather around your holiday table with family or even just at the breakfast table with your children, remind yourself of some of these truths in God's word. Proverbs 31, 26 again, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. 
Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Romans 10.13 Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Galatians 5.22-23 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. As believers, those who have repented and put their faith in Christ, our hearts have been changed, and this should reflect a change in our words. As we fill our hearts with Christ's love, that is what will spill out of our mouths because it's what is in our hearts. May our words show the power of God's grace in our lives. May they share and tell others of the hope that we have within us. The gospel itself is offensive. It is. But we do not need to be offensive in our words and actions as we present it to others. Will we allow the love of Christ at work within us to change the atmosphere in our homes? May they be a place where Christ is evident in all of our actions and words. I love this quote I want to end with here today. It's by a man named Jim Voss. It's his last name is spelled V-A-U-S. He says, when love is felt, the message is heard. So my friends, Jesus is enough always. Thank you so much for your time today. And you can find this post in um, a little bit of its entirety, not fully, over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. And I'll link to it here in the show notes. And just my friends, I pray you all have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.